feel like I, uh, yeah, up on stage. Wow. Wow, this is different. Every other time I've come to Emmaus, we've been, we've been down on the floor. And, uh, actually, I think I'm gonna get on the floor. I like, I wanna be down with you guys. No? No? You, you wanna see me? Alright. Alright, this is me. Hi, my name is Marcus. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, so as, uh, Pastor Aaron was saying, I, I was once an exchange student here at Yonsei. And, uh, I became a Christian in August of 2006. And uh, I came to Yonsei in February of 2007. It's a long story how I ended up coming to Yonsei. I'm originally from North Carolina. Anyone? There's never anyone from North Carolina. I got to start praying for that. Like North Carolinians. North Carolinians. I see there's some VA people, but that's not North Carolina. And so, you know, as uh, Pastor Aaron was talking about like Satudi and stuff, like that's that's like North Carolina and on down, right? It's like the dirty South. Like, you know, if you when I whenever I was in high school, people used to make fun of me because I would say I wouldn't say Wednesday, I'd say Wednesday, and I'd say like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and like and like Southern accent, we we take all our eyes and we make them eyes, you know, like. And so, uh, if you hear me saying that, and you're like, what the heck is he talking about? Uh, just recognize it's my Southern accent. And so, yeah, um, usually when I come, Pastor Aaron usually puts me on blast and makes me like perform or do like spoken word or something because I, I used to do that. But uh, she didn't have me do that today, so I'm not going to do anything. And so unless you want me to. You guys. Oh, I never thought you guys would ask. No, nah, I was fully like I was expecting it. So I was like. I should probably think of something to try and get ready. Yeah, so in my um my BC days, um before before I became a Christian, before uh in, in my BC days I I me and my boys in, in North Carolina, like we were like those YouTube guys, you know what I'm saying? We were like always making music and stuff. And we'd have like a good like hundred people that would like follow us, you know what I'm saying? Hey, a hundred people's a following. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many of us got 100 people? You know, I got, I had like 100 or 100, okay, like 85, you know. But we were good, though. We were good. Um, but yeah, I'll do a quick piece. Um, let me see if I can remember something and, uh, and have something ready for you guys, and then I'll get into the word. Um, okay. Hey, homie. You gon' hurt your back Carrying all that trash like that I guess nobody's ever told you All you must hold on to Is Yesu, Yesu, Yesu Cause one day All that trash gon' get in your way I said one day All that trash gon' get in your way So Pack like explosive. I didn't notice that the sin that I was in made my soul so corrosive. I used to be playing tricks like hocus pocus. Now my focus is on God. He's the reason I wrote this. My motives are close-knit with the spirit. Speech through spoken lyrics to anyone that'll hear it. Publicly proclamated like the letters from Ephesus. Ephesians believed and now they fly than Pegasus. 
but only resolved because Paul was appalled with the sin of my kin and broken laws, living life like they embalmed, cursed life in the scorn, but the thieves were redeemed by his power over the storm. I used to walk down the street, darkness filling me, sinfully scintillated, eyes searching for the sin in me. I used to think that the clubs and the drinks set me free. Now I see I was moving slower than a centipede. But God's got me fast-tracked like Amtrak. Emotion in his words served potent like anthrax. He had me reevaluating my acts, turning back, reading acts. Now the devil can't hear that. Now my God's walking with me on my right side. Show me the right time. Open these right eyes. The motivation, knowing he's with me on my right, right hand. Show me the right plan. Made me the right man. The revelation revealed, sharp as steel. Turn my verbs into proverbs that now y'all feel. Yeah. But it's only through the Spirit y'all see and I see. We see that the Lord's been so good to me. Amen. Now some of you guys may be like, Ah, he garbage. And I don't care what y'all think. <laughs> no, I'm just messing around. But yeah, I really feel like that, um, that God has a word for you guys tonight. And I really don't like standing up here. I want to be down here with you guys. So I'm going to come down. You guys can see me, right? You know, I'm real tall. You know what I'm saying? Five foot, five foot eight is tall, right? No? All right, that's fine. Y'all straight up gave me silence. Five foot eight is tall. Crickets, crickets. <laughs> hey, before I get into the word, I just want to say a quick word of prayer, and then we'll get into it. You guys ready? All right, let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much uh, for tonight, God. I thank you, Lord, for every single person that you brought here. I thank you, Lord, that no person came here by accident, God. But that every person, God, that you brought here tonight, you intend to speak to, you intend to reveal yourself to, God. So I pray even right now, God, that you would begin to open up hearts, begin to open up hearts that were hard, begin to open up minds, God, that were not open to who you are, God, and what you can do. And I pray, Father, that you would encounter them tonight. Lord, I pray even right now, God, that that as I pray, Lord, that you would go out by your Holy Spirit and begin to move. I pray that you would be upon me as I speak your word as well, and you would bless this time, God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys got any water? Any water? Water's on the, water's on the way. All right, water. You guys like water? You need it to live, so you should like it. All right, so, yeah, so like I, I was on a Maya staff. I was on a Maya staff for about a year and a half, so I was in this room. I was kicking it with different college students, and uh, and then a season came where the Lord told me, you know, your time at Emmaus is over. And so every time I come back, it's really like home to me. So I look forward to every time I'm here. And so, yeah, but I, I felt like as I was thinking, like, you know, what do you want me to say tonight? The Lord, he asked me a question. And I hate when God asks me questions because he never gives me an answer. He just asked me a question, and then he just leaves me convicted, feeling like, oh, like, mm, that sucks. But he asked me that question, and then he was like, you know, 
this is not just a question I want you to deal with, but this is a question I have for them. And this is the question. When you die, and we're all going to die, right? At some point, our lives will end. Got serious real quick. When you die, will anyone know your name? When you die, will anyone remember that you even existed? When you die, will anyone know your name? The other day I was in Hongdae. You know, Hong, I'm sure you guys know Hongdae. When I, when I was here and I was an exchange student, confession, confession time, I was in Hongdae all the time. I was up in Hobar. Confession time, confession time. The Lord has, he's, he's been working on me. He's working on me. And uh, I was, but I was in Hongdae not to go to Hobar. I was at a cafe. And as I was walking, I was walking through, um, as I left the cafe and I was just walking through Hongdae, and I was passing student after student. I was passing so many different people. I can probably say I was passing like hundreds, thousands of people. You know, we pass so many people on a given day, right? And as I was passing all these different people, the revelation just hit me. And I realized, you know what? I'm not going to remember. I don't know any of these people's names. And you know what? I bet when these, each one of these people die, no one will remember them. When they die, no one will really know their name. You know, what I'm talking about is, I'm sure you're probably like, my mom will remember my name. She gave it to me. My, my children will remember my name. But really what I'm talking about is, when you die, will your name be remembered for generations? For not just, not just your children, but your children's children and their children. And even on down, will your name be remembered? Or will it be lost? Like that. What I'm talking about is, will you leave a legacy? You know, many of you, you're sitting in this room right now and you're looking at me and you're listening to me speak. And the truth of the matter is, and the truth may be, when you die, there won't be a legacy. People will mourn. But after that, nothing. You guys ever seen the movie Troy? I, I love that movie because, um, like the, the guy Achilles, right? Brad Pitt, he's up in his piece. He's all buff. I saw the movie Thor. You, you seen the movie Thor? And like, there's a scene in Thor. I'm, I'm going on. Sometimes I go off on tangents, so you got to keep following me. That, that white dude in, in Thor, the big dude, he walked out with his shirt off. I felt so like, I was like, dang, homie. Well, like Brad Pitt, he's like the same thing in, in Troy. And he's, he's playing this character, Achilles. And I remember in like one of the first scenes where they introduce Achilles, he's, he's like laying naked in this hut. And this kid comes up to him because there's a battle going on. And, and he's like, Achilles, they need you. They need you, Achilles. And he's like, you know, stay away from me, boy. And then he gets up, he gets up on the horse. And he's like, the guy you're, you're going to have to face, man, he's big. And he's strong. And I wouldn't want to fight him. And then Achilles looks at him and he says, and that's why no one will remember your name. And then he, he rides off. You know, it says in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 7, it says, the memory of the righteous is a blessing. But the name of the wicked shall rot. 
See, what I'm talking about today is, is whether or not you will have an impact. Whether or not you will leave a legacy. Whether or not the life that you live right now will actually mean something. Or will it just be about your temporary pleasures? About your temporary goals and temporary aspirations? Will you leave a legacy? So many people come up to me and they're like, you know, Pastor Marcus, you know, that sermon was great. You know, that was, that was awesome. Like, you know, and then they'll, or they'll say like, I love your ministry. And I've heard that, I've heard that a lot of times, but at a certain point I got, I got like immune to it. I was like, oh, well, it's because I don't want to have a ministry. I want to leave a legacy. I want to live a life that is full and that has meaning even when I'm not here anymore. You know, will your family remember your name? Of course, they gave me my name. No, but really, will your family remember your name when you're no longer here? You know, so many of us, will your friends remember your name? You know, so many of us have had friends and family that pass away, right? And when they pass away, it's such a huge deal. It's like, you know, just a couple weeks ago, last week I heard um, this sister that I I played bass clarinet with in band. Don't judge me for playing bass clarinet. I was in band. It was middle school. Everyone's in band in middle school, right? You guys in band? I was going to say, y'all, y'all trying to act all cool. Like, I'm like, everyone's in band. You guys are all in band, right? Okay, I played the bass clarinet. It wasn't like the glory instrument, you know. It didn't get all the girls, I know. But this this girl that I played bass clarinet with, she passed away last week. Leaving behind four children. And it struck me while I was like, man, the thing that struck me the most was that I knew the life she had lived up until that point. And I realized that they're not that people around her, even her family, they're struck more just by the loss than they are the life that she lived. The life that, you know, will the life that you live when you're no longer here cause your family to live differently? You know, I want to talk to you about this guy. You guys probably have heard of him before. His name is Jesus, right? Well, Jesus had a, had a mom, right? And Jesus' mother's name was what? Okay, it's, yeah, Mary. I was about to say, only two of you guys. Only her two. But Mary is the mother of Jesus. And if you turn to, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. And I'm going to read the verse that I want us to look at in a second when talking about Mary. But, you know, Mary was the mother of Jesus, right? So she had Jesus. We all know the story. And she followed Jesus around. Did you know that? Mary followed Jesus around. It's almost as if Mary was like one of Jesus' disciples. It says that even when Jesus was being crucified, that Mary was there. 
that Mary followed. She even saw her son being beaten, saw him being accused, being persecuted. She saw all these different things. She saw him die. And she, she heard of him rising again. And then after that, what happens is all the disciples and everyone comes together because their leader, Jesus, has just died. He's been crucified and he, he, he rose again. He's been resurrected. And then he goes up and he says, he says that he's not going to leave them just as orphans, but he's going to send his Holy Spirit down. And he tells them that he wants them to have a prayer meeting. He wants them to get together and just to begin praying and praying and praying. And I want you to look at Acts chapter 1 verse 14. It says that all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. Together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. You know, Jesus lived such a life. He had such an impact that it caused his family to go to a prayer meeting afterwards. And they didn't just go to the funeral. Like when many of us, when our time does come, our family will come to our funeral. But will it cause them to be changed in such a way that they would actually start going to church? That they would actually start living differently because of the life that you lived? You know, many of us with our family, we have so much enmity, so much angst, so much beef with our family, you know? And if anything, our family doesn't live any differently in a positive way because of the way that we live. But they live in a negative way. We're leaving a negative legacy in their life and maybe not a positive. I know I did the spoken word and everything, but I felt I came here to challenge you. Will your family live differently? Will they remember your name? You know, I have, I have friends that, that have like this lineage in their family. And it's so crazy. Like they'll tell me about like their great, great grandfather who was like this like amazing man. And they still talk about him like a hundred years after he's already passed away. Because he lived such a life that even after his death, he left a legacy. Will, will this world remember your name? Will this world remember... Jensen, if you can hand me that water. Because my mouth is... Will this world remember your name? Soul has a lot of people. They have tons of people, right? Like, every time I, even today when we were walking through Shinchon, I was like, so like, there were people everywhere. And usually like, I'll be real with you guys, like we used to have this thing where like, my friends used to call me like Moses. Because like, I, I could walk through, I could walk through Shinchon. And because I'm black, I'm being real with y'all today. Because I'm black, like a lot of people would be like, they'd be like Matrix, like up in that piece, right? And I just walked through all calmly. But it was so packed, like the, 
the, it wouldn't even working. Like I was walking through and I was like having to move out of the way myself. I was like, what's, what's happened? Like, did, like some change I didn't know about? Like, you know, it's like, it's like, there's so many people. There's so many people that we interact with every single day. People you pass by, people that you see, and we don't remember any of their names. But I'll tell you who we do remember. You guys heard a big bang, right? You guys could probably all recite, like, if you, if you're into K-pop, I've been in Korea for like three years now, so like, I'm totally like Korean. You like, so many people, everyone knows all the members to, to, you know, Big Bang and like, you know, 2 p.m. and 21 and I don't even know how I know all these names right now. This is like surprising me. You know, like we, we know all these different people in the world, but for many of us, it's like, will the world remember our name? You know what we have? So many of us are devoted to something. It's like a celebrity syndrome. You guys all know who Paris Hilton is, right? Or what about like the people from, you ever seen the TV show Jersey Shore? Yeah, yeah, you feeling it back there. You feeling it, Jersey Shore. We all know like the, the names of people from Jersey Shore and Paris Hilton. But does anyone ever ask why these people are actually famous? Did anyone ever ask why, <laughs> what contribution these people are making to society? You, you know, so many of us actually are living our lives because we want our names to be remembered. And we're living our lives in a way in which we're hoping that, that someone will know me, someone will remember my name, that I'll get to a point where people will know me in the world, that they'll know exactly who I am. But you know, when you live in that kind of way, you're setting yourself up to fail. Because the world system is set up in a way for you to fail. The world system is set up on consumption. The more you have and the more you have and the more you have, that determines who's going to know you, right? The kind of car you drive, the kind of clothes you wear, the things you say and do. That, those are the things that define us nowadays, right? Like I was sitting in, um, I was, I love to go to like Shinsa area. It's like on line three. And it, there's a street called Karasugu. And it's like this like really nice street. And you're sitting there on that street and there's people who are walking by and they're, they're driving their Lamborghinis, they're driving their Maseratis, they're driving their, you know, all their best cars. And I, and sometimes I just sit there and I just watch. And I'm like, what are they really devoting themselves to? When they die, will anyone actually remember their name? You guys know who Mother Teresa is, right? Everyone knows who Mother Teresa is. Mother Teresa, her name will last for hundreds of years. That's because the world tells you that you're remembered by what you can consume, by how much you can get, how much you can receive, how much you can accumulate for yourself. But I want to tell you that really you're only remembered for what you can give. the contribution that you make, the impact that you actually make. We all know who Mother Teresa is, but do you know who this guy is? His name is Carlos Slim Halu. You ever heard of this guy before? Yes? 
No. It's the world's richest man. His his net worth is $74 billion. Homie is balling. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is balling. $74 billion. Mexico. It's legal. What? Whoa, whoa. What you saying? Wait. I ain't even going to poll the audience. I, just, I don't want to be, be like, I, I'm Mexican. What you saying? Now, you know. God's worth $4 billion. But none of us know his name. That should tell you something. That should tell you that you're not actually remembered by wh- how much you can gain. You're not actually remembered by the status and the title that you can accumulate. You're not really remembered for the job that you strive your hardest to get. That's not what you're remembered for. You're not remembered for the comfort that you can try and accumulate for yourself. Whether in wealth or whether it's sex or whether it's alcohol, whatever it is, it's still temporary. You're not remembered for that. What you're remembered for is the impact you have in giving your life for the sake of others. But the world tells you consume, consume, consume. You have nothing. So that you're so fixated on your own consumption that you'll never give and therefore never have an impact. I want to tell you about this woman in the Bible. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. I hate genealogies. I don't hate them. That's a strong word. I really dislike genealogies. But I want us to check something out. Matthew chapter 1. And I'm just going to read from verses uh, 1 to 6. You guys know how old the, the gospel, according to Matthew, is. The book of Matthew is it's almost 2,000 years old. It was completed in, I believe it was around... The year 50 or year 60, around that time. So it's almost 2,000 years. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah. It sounds like a rap, right? And his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and, uh oh, here we go, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron. These sound like black names. And Hezron, the father of Ram, and Ram, the father of Abinadab, the father of Nashon, and Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon? Some people say Salmon, I say Salmon, and Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. I just read all that right right there. I just gave you a genealogy rap, right? And all those names were men, except for two. Ruth and Rahab. You want me to tell you who Rahab is? Who Rahab was? Rahab was a prostitute. You know, when you walk through Shinchon, you walk by brothels and you don't even know it. Prostitutes. Prostitution. Rahab was a prostitute. Ruth 
Ruth was an outsider. Outsider. She was a Moabite. She was supposed to be an enemy of those people. Rahab was a prostitute. She had no business being remembered. But you, you know why she was remembered? Because she risked her life to save some of God's people. You know why Ruth is remembered? Because Ruth gave up her own rights to her own people and where she could have abandoned a woman in need. And she said, no, your people shall be my people and your God, my God. And her name is right here and she's remembered forever. Generations after generations after generations know who Rahab is. They know who Ruth is. You're like, well, she's in the Bible. But when, the, but they didn't have to include her. But it was, it wasn't about what she consumed. It was about what she gave. They lived a life that said, the time I have is going to be an impact on the people around me. So that when I leave, I'll leave a legacy. Are you living a life now to leave a legacy? You know, the last thing, last question I want to ask you, you, will your family remember your name? Will the world remember your name? Will heaven remember your name? Any of you guys math majors? We got any math majors in the house? Put your own, no math majors. All right. Anyone take algebra? Any, well, if you divide any number by infinity, what do you get? You get what? You get zero. Any number. What that tells us is that our life is but a flash in the pan. But what we do in this life has far-reaching impact. Did you know that? My question to you is, will heaven even remember your name? Turn to Matthew 26. I know I have you guys flipping around a lot. Is that all right? Why don't you turn to Matthew 26. Verse 6 to 13. I talked about being remembered by the whole world. and And then I want you to put a finger on Matthew 7. It says, when Jesus was at Bethany, this woman came up to him with a very expensive flask of, of ointment, an alabaster jar. And when she walked up to Jesus, uh, she broke it at his, she poured it out over his head. She broke it and she began to, what? She began to wash, wash and clean his feet, even with her hair. And all the disciples looked at, at her and they said, what is she doing? This is an unbelievable waste because it was a lifetime's worth of ointment. 
But Jesus, he rebukes them and he tells them, you know, he's like, shut up. <laughs> because in pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to me, to prepare me for burial. Truly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Will heaven remember your name? Will Jesus remember your name? It doesn't say this woman's name right here, but it does in John 11, and her name is Mary. It was Mary, the, the sister of Martha. He says that what she's done in her giving was such an amazing work that her name will be remembered forever. I'll always remember her name. Because in doing that, she showed that she was really devoted to Jesus. Turn over, like I said, to Matthew 7. I'm going to read from verse 21 to 23. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. You know, ultimately, being known, being known by heaven, being known by Jesus, being known for eternity is not about what you do. It's about devotion. It's about relationship. It's about, it's about having a living relationship with Jesus Christ. So much that you say, Lord, I will give my all to you. We remember the disciples. We know the disciples' names, or most of us do. Some of their names, at least. But the reason we know them is because they gave their all. And they said, this short time that I have left, I'm going to use it to make an impact. I'm going to use it in relationship. I'm going to use it in devotion and giving my all to you, Christ. To you, Jesus. Because it's in that relationship that your name's remembered for eternity. Some of you may not even be Christian. I was atheist for six years before I became a Christian. I became a Christian my senior year in college. And before that time, I hated Christians. I hated Christianity. And some of you may be Christians and you, you hate Christianity. And it's all because I saw it simply as being a list of rules. Anytime I, I even thought about it. You think about Christianity, the first thing that many of us think about is the Ten Commandments. <laughs> thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. I don't even know what thou means. You know, like we see so many of us, even, you know, like I said, some of you may not even be Christian. And you view Christianity as a list of rules, a list of do's and don'ts. Some of you grew up in the church your entire life and you view Christianity as a list of do's and don'ts. 
do this. Don't do that. Go to church. Don't, don't go there. Make sure to read your Bible every day. Make sure to pray every day. Make sure to, to live this spotless, clean life. Because if you don't, then what? Or maybe you hear about that and it just makes you resentful. And you're like, you know what? I know Christians and I see them and I don't want to live a life like that. But what will define not just your life, but eternity is not a set of rules. It's the relationship and the abandonment that you have with Jesus right now. There's a book that will be read when we all die. I started off talking about death, right? It's called the book of life. And in it, either your name will be there or it won't. And if your name is there, what just continues is the relationship that you share with Christ now. But if not, then what continues is just the relationship you share with Christ now. If you don't have a relationship with Him, when eternity comes, you won't have a relationship with Him. But during that time, there won't be any light. It'll be darkness. It'll be weeping, pain, suffering. Because Christ is our life. When you die, will your name be remembered? Will the life you live now leave a legacy? Let us all bow our heads in prayer.